This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. Sorry about the inconsistent schedule lately. Sometimes life throws a wrench in the works. Sometimes it decides to throw a channel lock and crowbar in there too. Today we have the beginning of a multi-part series of the podcast. One of our company members, Madeline Bordenko, told a story at Revolution Brewing for our yearly fundraiser, which if you haven't been, I urge you to next year. It's a blast. This story is a short version. The beginnings of a longer story Madeline will be performing at Pub 626 in June, which I also urge you to attend. We also plan to publish this full-length performance, along with an interview with Madeline and her curator on the podcast. This series will be an opportunity to hear how a second story progresses from an idea to a full-length story, and all the technical aspects that help it arrive there. Let's start at the beginning. Recorded live at Revolution Brewing on April 17th, 2016, Second Story presents Madeline Bordenko. without knowing that. I was 12 in a class of 13-year-olds at a new school, and I was a late bloomer. I tried to gather the thoughts slamming around in my head. Boys were talking about me? Wait, when I, when I lean over, you can see down my shirt. When I got home, I bent in front of the full-length mirror. Yep, straight to my belly button. Mom? I think I need a bra. She burst out laughing. You don't need a bra. Do you need a bra? This is often how my mom approaches new challenges in my growth, at once total bafflement, yet total respect for whatever is burdening me. I knew in theory, no, I did not need a bra. But everyone was older, growing. My kidness was becoming an issue. So. I did some research. A relative had bought me this book called The Care and Keeping of You by American Girl. In it, they describe all the different ways you, a young teen, can prepare for your new self. I poured over this book. The page I studied most had this drawing of a bunch of girls standing in a series of changing rooms, each wearing a different kind of bra. One busty gal wore a bra like a Viking princess, the underwire. <laughs> Another had her mom helping her clasp a soft cup bra, and a third held her soccer ball as she inspected her new sports bra. Oh, the choices. <laughs> How does one prepare for a soon-to-be new self? From my perspective, you train. When I wanted to learn how to dive, I squat dove off the side of the pool about a million times before trying the real deal. 
When my husband and I were planning our first backpacking trip, I tromped down Dearborn in my new hiking boots every day to break those suckers in. In my room with the care and keeping of you, I noticed a curly-headed girl with a training bra. I wasn't sure how long I would need to train, but it seemed like the girls in the locker room at school did not have to train long before they earned a real bra. And in my mind, no one could tell the difference between a training bra and a real one under your shirt, except for not having boobs. So one spring day, about a month later, I came home from school, clunked my backpack by the door, and headed back to the kitchen for a snack. There, I found my mom sitting at the kitchen table with a Target bag in her lap. Hi, sweetie. She smiled cautiously. What you got, I asked. She looked a bit uncomfortable, a little sympathetic. I got you some things. <laughs> she sighed and looked at me. Her eyes said, I am doing my best here. I'm doing a mom thing I have never done before. <laughs> she pulled out three small clear plastic hangers, all adorned with very white, semi-delicate, semi-industrial training bras. <laughs> I looked at the bras, I looked at my mom, I looked at my very, very flat chest. As my mom held them up, I got the giggles. She took the I took the training bras from her and headed for the bathroom. The first two were a bust. <laughs> One made me look like I had two saggy tea bags attached to my chest. And the second one had so many little bows, I looked kind of like a present. The third, though, it was sort of satiny. It had an ever so slight layer of padding. Perhaps this bra was meant to train me on what boobs would look like. <laughs> when I put my shirt on over it, I bet no one would really notice. But I could. You know, like sometimes, how sometimes just putting on a little perfume can make you feel more like a grown-up. Or a 4 p.m. piece of chocolate can get you to 5 p.m. <laughs> and how a long shower can revive you from the dead. Sometimes we just need these small revolutionary things to help us move forward. I slid the straps to the edges of my shoulders so they wouldn't show around the scoop of my neckline. Now, I could decide whether or not I magically had boobs like the rest of the girls. This felt like something I could handle. It felt ridiculous, but also awesome. So, my mom called from the kitchen. I came out and handed back the first two training bras poorly reassembled on those little tiny hangers. These two don't work, this one does. I snapped the strap on my shoulder. Thanks, Mom. This is exactly what I needed. This first iteration of Madeline's story was curated by Amanda Delhammer-Diamond. She was directed by Reshmi Rustabaki, and the sound design was by Femme. Second Story is supported in part by the Chicago Community Trust, the MacArthur Funds for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, a City Arts Grant from the City of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, the Arts and Business Council of Chicago, the Arts Work Fund for Organizational Development, and many generous individuals like you.
Look forward to the next part of this series after our next Pub 626 show. I'm Nick Kawahara, and this is the Second Second Story Podcast.